When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Welcome to the Match Committee with Jack Heverin and Terry Wallace. And later, it's AFL Nation's coverage of Geelong and Brisbane with Jared Waitley, Anthony Hudson and Nick Del Santo. The Match Committee for the Mazda Open Road Sale now on. The ins and the outs, and we get our first look at life without footy in Victoria. That's right, all 10 Victorian teams will be playing at neutral venues for the foreseeable future. A couple of teams come into this round under pressure, and we're going to see a raft of debutants across the competition. Hello and welcome around Australia to the Match Committee with thanks to Mazda and the Mazda Open Road Sale. Discover great value access across the entire Mazda range. It is on now. Jack Heverin joined by the best in the business, Terry Wallace, in what is a very important round for a number of teams. Plough, good evening to you. Hello, Jack. Yeah, well, you explained it really well. I mean, I sort of got up this, you know, this morning and sort of went, I can't ever remember a round where we had all neutral games, every single game, because uh, for those who haven't had a look at it really closely, the Brisbane sides are, are all down in New South Wales. Yep. The New South Wales sides are all up in Brisbane. South Australia and Western Australia haven't gone home yet, so they're up in Queensland. So uh, every single one of the games is a, a neutral. And I couldn't remember it ever happening in my time. Well, it didn't happen in my time, apparently. It happened in about 1952. I was, was that not your time? I was not born in 1952, <laughs> thank you very much. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so it is a really unusual circumstance. But we've all sat there before and sort of said, oh, I'm going to tip this side, but if it hadn't been on a neutral venue, I might have gone the other way. Well, so yeah, that's exactly right. I don't know whether it makes tipping easier or harder, but uh, I get the sense it might be more difficult. Uh, a lot to get through in this hour, and as always, we start with your calls and your texts. one 736 736 on the phone or on the text 0433 Wherever you're listening from around Australia, we've got about 20 minutes until the teams drop for this weekend's games. Pick the brain of the best analyst in the game, Terry Wallace. Jump into the match committee with your team. Questions about the way your team's picked, who do you want to see out there this weekend? Whatever is tickling your fancy, Plough's ready to take your course. We love debutantes. We love good stories of debutantes, and we're going to see quite a few of them. At Collingwood, we learnt yesterday that Will Kelly, the son of Craig, will make his debut. Which is great. I mean, and the whole history, you know, the Kelly family, you know, obviously the other son playing over in Adelaide, but uh, the Collingwood connection is perfect. And he's going to go forward too, by the looks of it. Well, it'll be interesting, and they're, uh, they're getting a nice little array of... Uh, Father-son's there at Collingwood at the moment. That'll be five for this weekend, which is exciting. But we also learnt this afternoon, Mitch Cleary at AFL Media is reporting that R2 Boss and Vulagi, and I hope I've pronounced that correctly, um, will make his debut as well, which is very exciting. Yeah, well, look, it's going to happen this season regularly. I mean, clearly we know the circumstance with Collingwood with the players that have gone straight to uh, to Perth and aren't available and aren't playing at the moment. But... 
if we start to get this rapid fire games happening, which uh, it sounds like it's going to become more likely than unlikely that you know, we could be coming off four and five day breaks to be able to get games in, you're going to see more debutants, you're going to see more changes to the, the lineups as blokes get sore. And you now the obvious blokes that are going to get sore are your, your senior citizens yeah. who have got a lot of uh, games under their belt. So it'll be fascinating to see how it all plays out. And Sam Edmund reporting this afternoon that uh, the AFL's pushing for more games in a 32 hub period. So the story developing this afternoon is that we could potentially see four-day breaks over the next six weeks. That'll well, test a few of the old legs. That'll test a few of the old legs. But us people who love our football, going home every night and being able to watch the footy, oh, footy on the TV, yeah, bring it on for me. That's your dream. Absolutely. And it means you don't have to stay up till two in the morning Correct. watching the second Saturday night game. Correct. So, no, look, I, if it happens that way, I look forward to it. I mean, I know it's not ideal from a player point of view, from uh, from a fan's point of view of getting you know, your best players onto the park. But, uh, gee, if you're a diehard footy person, you know, I'll, I'll enjoy it anyway. Uh, R2 Vilagi, I, sh- I should say. I stuttered through his name the first time around. But good luck to R2. Also, good luck to Isaac Rankin, who is in for the Gold Coast Suns this weekend. I, Finally. I am very excited. I mean, I followed Isaac's uh, career over in South Australia and he's a uh, couple of years in the under-18 championships. Uh, he is just a spectacular player to watch. Obviously, it might take him some time, a la what we said about Harley Bennell a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, you can't expect a young man to come in who hasn't played for virtually 18 months, come in and be doing what he did at under-18 level in the, uh, in the championships. But Give him a little bit of time, and he's got some very, very special talent. So look forward to his debut. Uh, Sean Burgoyne out of Hawthorne's team for this weekend as well. Jonathan Patton expected to come back in, and uh, Jarman is going to play in a scratch match on the weekend, which is very, very exciting. And exciting for the Hawks as well. Expected to have two debutants, which we should be able to confirm for you a little bit later on. Just want to make sure they 100% drop, and looks like Will Day and Josh Morris will play. Well, what happens is, again, you know, the oldest player on the list comes out and the young ones come in and that's because of the, the quick turnaround. Obviously, uh, we, yeah, we're in a situation of Hawks playing the last game last week and playing, you know, obviously tomorrow night. So it's a quick turnaround and uh, therefore, you know, somebody like a Sean, Sean Burgoyne misses out. I want to talk to you about a couple of teams who have had a rough week and a rough couple of weeks in Collingwood's case and Melbourne who have been under a lot of scrutiny. How do you get their heads in the right space for the weekend? We'll talk about that very shortly. And the Western Bulldogs, you've done some digging. This is why you're the best. You've done some digging and you have uncovered some numbers that are very positive for the dogs. We'll get to them very shortly. But your calls, one 736 736 We start with Nathan in Craigieburn. G'day, Nathan. Yeah, good evening. I just want to get a thoughts of Terry Wallace regarding um, St Kilda's game this week. Is it a mental test for the Saints? Because we're a team that doesn't travel very well previously and... Um, in 2017, against Richmond, we played a very good game and everyone said, oh, Saints were on the rise and we went backwards from there. And I reckon this is a crucial test for us. What does Terry reckon? I think absolutely the same. I, the whole art of this competition is being able to string games in a row and, yep. and be able to do what you did one week and then be able to back it up the following week. It is a really difficult competition, just for example, to win four games in a row. So it's a challenge for the Saints. Obviously, they played some really good football. They were on display. They were really keen to play uh, Thursday night footy last week. So, uh, yeah, it becomes a, uh, a really big challenge for a club like that. But 
Now, they've brought in senior players to the football club. Like, so they're not running around with all kids playing at the moment. You know, they've got a nice blend and a nice balance between the seniority and the, and the youth. I like what they're doing, and I think that they are good enough to back it up. Uh, Charlie also wants to talk about the Saints. He's in Turak. Evening to you, Charlie. G'day, Jack. G'day, Terry. Hey, Charlie. Yeah, just in, in regards to the board, the president, the vice president, and the CEO there, and and um, getting a board going, and, and any any club that women get in and you know and leave with the number. But yeah, I just noticed they're going wrong three and five, three and five. There could be seven and and and, and five in a couple of weeks. So just uh, just the nine members of the St Kilda board. There, I don't want to shake it up too much, Terry. Uh, the board, I think, as a club, Charlie. Appreciate your call. I think as a um, I'm not quite sure Charlie's exact point there, but as a club, they've had to have a bit of a reset, haven't yeah. they? And I think Simon Lethlian's come in and done some really good things for them and smartened them up. I reckon that they, not quite in the sense of, a couple of weeks ago, after the sad passing of John Kennedy, you spoke to us about him coming in and saying to Hawthorne, no, no, we're sick of mediocrity. Yeah. I'm not comparing the two, but I do get the sense that St Kilda, from the top all the way through to the playing group, have said, guys, come on, we... We had a fantastic year under Grant Thomas and, and we had the opportunity to win a couple of f- premierships. We've been nowhere ever since and we've got to start to turn this thing around. Under Ross Lyon and Ross Lyon, yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, both, yeah, yeah. yeah both, both of those two. Yeah, look, I would agree with that. And, yeah, I think it's absolutely fair for anyone to sort of say the club has had a lot of mediocrity over a long period of time. And that's, I mean, that's just the history of the, uh, the footy club. They've been an in, inch away from it a couple of times. Um, all of a sudden... They lost their way again over you know a few seasons ago, but uh, um, they're coming and they're coming pretty strong. And they are. I like I like a few things. As I sort of said, I like the uh, uh, the back line has got yeah you know, quite a bit of youth in it and quite a bit of growth in their ability to uh, you know to come together and play together for a long period of time. Obviously, they've got Max King who's going to grow and develop as their their key position, and the blokes that they've brought in are doing a really good job. So I like that. The other thing I'm very keen on too is getting some seniority around the coaching staff, and, and I'm talking about somebody like a Jared Roughhead coming to the club who knows what it takes. Now he's been at, at you know, strong clubs and has a real identity about what it takes to get there, and I think that will help them as well. one 736 736 to join us on the match committee for Mazda and the Mazda Open Road Sale. Snowy's in Torquay. G'day, Snowy. Hi, fellas. How are you doing tonight? Good, thanks. Good. Just a quick one. Uh, who do you think comes into crazy? A lot of Dolly supporters don't think Gardner's up for it. Does Tuckling uh, come straight back in? And what is Terry's thoughts on Benjamin's comments tonight about the AFL Fuji? That would seem the obvious one, Matt Suckling, for Hayden Crozier, wouldn't you, it? You would think so, but, uh, I mean, the one thing that we don't know this year is you've, you've got no alignment or no idea of what's going on necessarily in the, the scratch games as much as what you could always sort of pick up a VFL game and, and sort of know who's yeah. in form and who isn't in form. That makes it a lot more difficult for us just to pluck somebody out of mid-air and sort of say, and you know what Luke Beveridge is like? He'll play kids. I mean, he's done it all the way along, and uh, so... Is it the senior bloke? Is it the uh, the junior guy? I can't give you the answer, really, to uh, to which way they'll go. Well, look at it with uh, quite a deal of interest. And the team's going to land in about 10 minutes from now. Let's keep well, ploughing through. Pardon I, the pun. I will say one thing, and we're going to have a, a bit of a deep dive into the, the dogs. One of their absolute key weapons is their ability to get the ball out of the back half. So they will want somebody 
if they're going to replace Crozier, who has that ability or, or capabilities of being able to do what they're doing at the moment with some quick ball movement and sharp play out of the back half, which gives Suckling a chance. You're going to explain that in just a matter of moments. In the meantime, Paul's in Melbourne. G'day, Paul. Oh, yeah, hi, look, I just wanted to correct the math a little bit on the on the day break. So if you play seven games in 32 days, it'll actually be mostly five-day breaks with the odd six ones. So just to give an example, I think people get confused sometimes. If you play a game and then have a five-day break and play, so you play the second game after five days, they're not two-and-a-half-day breaks, it's still a five-day Correct. break. Correct. So you do 32 divided by six. So it's mostly five- and six-day breaks still, not, not four-day breaks. There might be the odd one but not that many. Yeah, that, well, I sort of said four or five. Yeah. yeah. And, look, there will be there'll be six-day breaks, there'll be seven-day breaks. There'll, there'll be bits and pieces of that all over the place. Some will get a better run than others. I mean, that's just going to be naturally the way that it's going to play out. If you're in hubs where there's more teams in, in your hub, you might sort of have a quicker rotation of games. Now, if you're a WA side and, and people have to come across backwards, backwards and forward, if they are able to come backwards and forwards out of the, uh, the, uh, the boundaries, um, well, we have to wait and sort of see how all that plays out as well. Because people are sort of saying, well, you know, if, if West Australia lock down their borders, um, will we be able to get other sides in there? Well, if they're coming from Queensland, if they've already isolated and they're coming from Queensland and New South Wales and there's not extra cases in Queensland and New South Wales, I'm suggesting that's why they moved yep. up there so that they would be able to cross borders. Um, they're, they're Victorians, but they've, they've been out of Victoria when the borders closed and done their isolation time. So I, I still think they'll have the flexibility to be able to do that. You can pick the brain of Terry Wallace on the match committee here. Lou's in Bandura. Lou, good evening. Good evening, fellas. How you going? Good evening. Flau, I've got a couple of questions for you. With um, with Kelly coming in and uh, Mason Cox, uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to be omitted. Where do you see Mason Cox's future in the team? And also, where do you see Colin from here? Because I'm not panicking, but it, signs don't look good. Barco off the back line last week, you know, didn't 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 replace how. Like, no, I don't think anyone could play how, but yeah. w- where do we go from the back line? How do, how do we, how do we, what do we do? So I've just lost. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Lou, appreciate your call. A frustrated Collingwood supporter. The talk coming out, and again, we've got to wait for the teams to drop in about 15 minutes, but uh, those who are watching Collingwood train in their main session reported that Mason Cox, Brody Majacek and Will Kelly were in the same forward line. So yeah. there is a potential. Nathan Buckley doesn't do it very often, but there is a big chance that all three talls will line up in the same team. Yeah, which would be interesting to say the least, you know, to sort of see how the, the machinations of that work. Look, I, I've got to say that I wasn't a fan of bringing Mason Cox in as quickly as what they did. Uh, the only reason, nothing against Mason Cox, but he's never been a, a natural player. I mean, he's had to be a self-made player in the first place. He's coming off a knee injury, right, without the pre-season base that other players had, you had Cameron sitting there um, playing for them. I mean, round three... And being relatively consistent well, without being three a world games, beater. Cameron had 13 possessions and eight marks. The following week, he wasn't as good. Um, but, that, sorry, that was round two. And the following week in round three, he wasn't as good. He only had a couple of possessions in that game. But he was up and running. He had played all the practice games. He was there, fit, well. Yep. I just thought, play Mason Cox in three, four, five scratch games and just get him up to speed and get him back to being a little bit more natural before you bring him into the Helder Skelter. Because the one thing with big blokes, big blokes early pre-season, remember about the first three or four rounds, we had a look at the uh, the Coleman medal 
are all small blokes. At one stage, it was Harry Perryman leading. Correct. Yeah, so from he, Tom Papley. So the best of the big blokes who had done everything over the pre-season don't impact early in seasons. Just getting you know, your eye in with your marking, you know, you know the, the capabilities of having more blokes back on you than what you necessarily get in your, your scratch matches with your own side. It just takes them a little bit long, uh, longer to get rolling. So I just thought bringing Cox in was fraught with danger. Now... Is he gone? Is he finished? I'm not. No, no. But he needs to have some continuity of football somewhere along the way. Now they're going to decide whether that's at senior level or whether the scratch matches are enough, or simply no, we can't get him up to speed unless he's playing senior football. The other one that you mentioned, where are they at? I, no, I didn't think Travis Varco looked like he was adding anything to that backline. I didn't think he'd come in. For, uh, for Howe, I thought he'd come in for Noble. Yep. And I thought... Scharenberg came in for Howe, didn't correct. he? Correct. Yeah. I thought that was a backwards move because you had a, a, an older guy who didn't do as much and I didn't think was as physical even as what young Noble was and Noble should get better. I can't see Varco getting better at this stage of his career. Where are they at? Oh, look, they've got some challenges. They've got some challenges in the next period because Perth is not going to be easy for them either. You go over there, you play good, strong sides who are fit and, and ready to go. I'm talking about mostly, you know, Geelong and obviously West Coast. They're starting to turn West Coast, aren't correct, they? Slowly. Correct. Yep. correct. So uh, it, it's not going to be an easy run, which makes tomorrow night's game huge for them. Matt's in Essendon, has been waiting patiently, wants to have a chat about the ruse. Hello, Matt. Yeah, g'day, boys. Just a question on North Melbourne. I guess standing in Reese Shaw's shoes at the moment, does he have the cattle to really push for finals or does he need to think about you know getting rid of those 50 to 150 gamers who just don't cut it and then go hard on the draft we've got a couple of good picks this you know this year but certainly what i guess just your opinion what what's what's he standing in his shoes there plow what what does he do well well first up you're, you're right you're going to have a couple of ripper picks the way that everything's playing out at the moment so from a norse point of view you should be concentrating and looking at the draft. I know it's hard because the kids aren't playing at the moment, but uh, you know, once we get to the back end of the year and we get some form of opportunity to be able to see these uh, young guys, it's going to be a really critical draft for North Melbourne. Um, the other points, I'm in agreement with you here. I think North Melbourne are very good with their senior blokes mm -hmm. and very, very young. They've got four blokes who have played four or five games or less running around. Now, when their senior players can't step up to the mark, either they're banged up like Cunnington was on the weekend, Higgins was a bit sore. When their senior players can't step up to the mark, it's too much to ask the kids to fill the void. And I don't think personally that they're blokes that are in that age bracket between about 23 and 27. They either haven't got them or they're not of the calibre of some of the other sides. Now, a guy like Simpton, Simpkin is coming along beautifully. Yeah, he is, isn't some he? Of, yep. Some of the young boys, I mean, they desperately need Larky back into that side just to you know, realign the, the forward structure. Uh, some of the young boys will be fantastic. I mean, Taron Thomas got hurt last week, knocked out last week. He's going to be a brilliant player. But you know, you're relying on kids to get it done or old-age citizens in a, uh, in a uh, pensioners. In a, <laughs> well, it's in an AFL no, for yeah, in, the in plus 30s, form. yep. That, that's the case. Normally, the best sides in the competition rely on their 23 to 27s and the cream from their senior players. And what the youth do then is that they can feed off that 
and add some zest to the uh, to the team. I just think at the moment the balance is wrong at North. Just before we talk Western Bulldogs, a couple more calls. Also, Connor McKenna has been named to play his first game of the season good. Uh, for Essendon, which is good news. Get He's... around him and support him. So, yeah. Uh, look, I thought he copped a fair bit for doing not much. Yep. Not much wrong. Yeah, I'd I mean, agree with that. Tony's in St Albans. Hey, Tony. Fellas, good evening. How are you? Hey, Tony. Um, Klaus, got a question for you about the Blues. I don't know if I may be overreacting or not, but are we on track to stuff up another rebuild? <laughs> um, I think you're overreacting. <laughs> yes. I mean, I just we haven't seen Charlie Curnow at all. I mean, you know, how Char- Charlie's knee comes up and how the future looks for him, you know, it's going to be interesting how all that sort of plays out. Still very, very young, a lot of their players. You know, when I, I always do, like, a best side at the start of the year. And I look at Carlton's side, you're still relying on, you know, 21, 20, 21-year-olds to get the job done against more seasoned veterans. Uh, have a look at Richmond. I mean, Richmond took until Rance and Cochin and Rewalt. They were 25, 26 before the, the wheel really turned. Well, that's the profile, isn't it? That's Correct. about... The age, 25, 26, when, when you start to play your best footy. Correct. So I still think that the Carlton group are, are very young. So I think we've got to cut them a little bit of slack there. And I know Carlton supporters will go, gee, we've cut them slack for the last 20 years. Last Thursday night was poor. Yep. Let's whack that on, on there, there straight away. That was poor. That was unacceptable. It wasn't good enough. The two, the two leaders got locked away and there was nothing much after that. It was a bit of a rabble after that. So... They've got to have to lick their wounds, go away and, and do something about that. If you actually have a look at the rest of their games this year, they've been okay. I mean, haven't won as much as what you'd like. You know, lost the Melbourne game by a kick, you know, buggered it up themselves in the first quarter by you know not coming to play and then worked their way diligently back for the rest of the game, just couldn't get over the line. We're excellent against Geelong at Geelong, uh, a real surprise victory. I still stick with them because I still think that there's enough there for it to turn. I'm not saying it's going to turn in four weeks or six weeks. I think it's still a bit of time. Uh, lastly, Riley from uh, Bueller wants to have a chat about the Crows. Hey, Riley. How you going, boys? Good, man. Hi, Riley. Yeah, I'm a Bulldog supporter, but <clears throat> I was just thinking about Adelaide Crows, especially with McClure's um, story that came out. What was the expectation around Adelaide this year, Plough? Like, were they, in your thoughts, were they going to be a top eight side and if they're, and they're looking like a disaster this year, uh, what's going to change there? I know Matthew Nix is going to be okay for whatever his contract sure. is, but what about the board and whatever other changes might happen? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, the only uh, thing is if they, if they were going to make change, if they were unsatisfied, they had outside people come in last year they did. to have a look at it and have a look at the whole study of it, go through yeah, how satisfied you know, players were with what staff members had left and who was there. You would have thought if they were going to make those changes, they would have made them last year. But when you have failure around your football club, change will come. Nothing is more guaranteed. This time around, it won't be the senior coach. You're absolutely right because he's a first-year coach. And you know, you're only going to go back to uh, Dimmer Hardwick after he took mm. over from me. I mean, they lost eight games in a row or nine games in a row. I mean, he was safe as houses. I mean, it was just a matter of... Yeah, just sticking by what he believed in and you know, getting through that period of time. That's the same, exactly the same for Matthew Nix. My disappointment with him, I had him in my bottom four, uh, so I, I didn't have them rated uh, much at all. But 
I've been extremely disappointed with the the level of guys who I I think are better players. So Laird, Smith, the Crouch brothers, that group of players, everything seems to always get lumped on text, uh, but that group of players who have been you know, close to all Australian or... Well, Br- Brodie Smith has been, yep, Rory Laird yep, has been twice. Correct, yep. and or high-end, best and fairest types for the footy club, I don't think that they've done their bit to try to help them through. Now, losing the senior experience costs them a little bit. I don't think it should have cost them anywhere near the way that they're playing their footy at the moment. Would you shop one or both of the Crouches at the end of the year if it meant that you could get multiple first-round draft picks? Yeah, yeah, I would. And I'd throw, um, which will be controversial, but I'd throw Rory Sloan into that mix as well. Uh, his heart and soul them. If he wants to stay, he stays. Captain of the footy club. If he wants to stay, he stays. Yep. Yeah, he's heart and soul. But uh, they are too slow through the middle of the ground. And if you can realign your football club and get some real value for one, two, not three, but one or two of those uh, those players, I would certainly look at it. Doesn't mean you have to pull the trigger, but I'd certainly look at it. Some news starting to come through with all of the teams from the weekend. We're going to talk uh, Western Bulldogs on the other side of this as well. Their game not till Sunday, but we want to have a really deep dive. Uh, getting some text through as well that it's a wet weekend expected in the southeast part of Queensland. Oh. A couple of our uh, our listeners from that part of the world. And when it gets wet up there, oh. it can get wet oh, up. Oh, yeah, pack your flippers. So for Hawthorne, uh, some news coming through with their team that they will play Will Day and Josh Morris. John Patton back in, as we mentioned as well. No Sean Bergon and... Uh, the news came through earlier in the week that Mitch Lewis won't be there. For Collingwood, uh, Isaac Quainer will also play for the Pies as well. So Kelly, Quainer and Vicena Villagi in. Uh, Jordan Ngoi won't be playing for COVID reasons. Josh Dacos is out injured and Tyler Brown omitted. Uh, well, Tyler Brown started off brilliantly. He's mm. just faded away the last couple Probably of weeks. Probably needs a, a spell. Yeah, yeah. I keep a real eye on the kids and uh, he, he's going to be fine. I mean, he's going to be a, a really good player for uh, for Collingwood. But just started to fade a little bit in the last. So that days. means that Mason Cox in, not well, dropped. Well, as I said, I mean they they had to make a choice. You know, they've got to try to fast track him. Whether that was, whether they believe they could do it through scratch matches, they believe he's their best option as a forward. So they've gone with him. All of the ins and all of the outs on the other side of this. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen to send us your text. But on the other side of this, we have a deep dive into the Western Bulldogs and how are they constructing. One of the best game plans in the league. Who's in? Who's out? The match committee for the Mazda Open Road Sale now on. Who's in? Who's out? The match committee for the Mazda Open Road Sale now on. Good to have your company on the match committee with thanks to Mazda, Terry Wallace and Jack Heverin around Australia in the lead-up to Thursday night footy. The Cats and the Lions will take you to the call from 7 o'clock tonight. Jared Waitley, Anthony Hudson, Nick Del Santo will be locked and loaded and ready to go for you. Hawthorne and Collingwood and all of the teams in just a moment. But, Plough, before we get there, you've done some digging on the Western Bulldogs. Now, we thought this is a great opportunity, just for a couple of minutes, to give everyone listening around Australia a bit of an insight to quite literally the match committee and what would be discussed with Luke Beveridge and his men about the way they want to play their footy this year. Okay, so they played their first couple of games after the practice match series, so rounds one and rounds two, and got belted off the park in both those games. Had the worst percentage in the competition. So you've quickly got to try to realign. And 
I would have thought from a match committee point of view, they would have sort of said, look, Eastern would win out of the side, uh, which made them even um, more or less experienced. Yep. Um, and I, I think that they would have sort of said, look, we've got adequate defenders, but we haven't got defenders that can necessarily stand up. We haven't got all Australian types down that end of the ground. Uh, we need to support them far, far better, having much more support than what they've had up until this stage. So... They worked on a match plan from that point in time to push numbers back. So it was English, uh, you're going to play, Tim English, you're going to play in the back half of the ground. You mm -hmm. are going to patrol almost as a, an extra centre-half back. Midfielders, we need you to support more than what you've ever supported before. We need the numbers to come down and really stack up our end of the ground. I've always called it open-end, closed-end yep. football. Okay, they've probably got a greater fancier name for it now because all the names change, so you stay relevant. And then, and then you badge it as your own. You stay, yeah. Yeah, you stay relevant. <laughs> uh, but open and closed in footy, the, the stat of inside 50s counts to a degree because the stat of inside 50s still sort of says you're playing the game in your front half. So it's still important. But it's not the most important thing. Well, to back you up on that, I know you've done your numbers. Western Bulldogs are 14th in the competition for inside 50s. Correct. So it's not the most important thing. The most important thing are the looks that you get inside forward 50. So it's the ability to be able to get the ball out the back and kick easy goals. It's the ability to be able to get one-on-one -on -one contests or a, a, enough space in front to be able to hit up a player like Bruce last week to be able to kick his six goals. So what they are doing is they are stopping the opposition from getting good looks inside their forward 50. English back, adequate players. Now Eastern Wood back as the, you know, the roll-off defender. Numbers of midfielders getting back to do that. What happens when that happens? You're playing the ball in their front half. So naturally, the opposition will bring their back line up to the middle of the ground and try to lock the ball in their front half of the ground. But where the Bulldogs are good, number one, they stop you from scoring because yep. they've got so many numbers back. Now, their last three weeks, they've had 38 points scored against them last week, 39 the week before, and 33 only. Gee. So, fantastic at being able to get... They support their backmen more than any other side at the moment. I mean, it can change as the season rolls on. But what happens to a lot of sides who try to play that way then they can't get out. They're stuck in their back half of the ground. The opposition, there's a wall across the middle of the ground and they can't get out. And you've got to pull the handbrake up most of the time, don't Correct. you? Look lateral and wait for your numbers. Yeah. But the Bulldogs have the art of being able to get back, but through their sharpness, through their speed, they can actually get through the wall of players. So I'm talking about from the halfback line to the middle of the ground, they find a way. Caleb Daniel does it through you know, sharp sharpness with his feet and his hands. Uh, Johannesson does it by tucking the ball under and running. They have got players with the capabilities of being able... Bondapelli just does it with beautiful mm. ball use. Now, to that line, with speed, you've got open end. And one-on-ones. You're an open end. So you've got a Bruce coming out by himself. You've got an overlap of somebody you know running alongside of you where you've got pass almost the last line of defence and you just virtually run and carry the ball in. They are winning games because they close down their end or their defensive end and they open up their offensive end because of once they win the ball back with counter-attack and they are doing it magnificently. Now, they're not the only side to play like that. You know, you go back... But on, they're the best at it, is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah. At the moment, they're the best at it. On the weekend, um, 
They only had four more inside 50s for the match than the Kangaroos smashing them. But they had 15 marks in their end, and the Kangaroos had six with Ben Brown playing up that end of the ground. Now, you go to the Richmond game, Melbourne had four more inside 50s than Richmond. Richmond had 13 marks, Melbourne had nine. So open and closed end again. Uh, GWS, G- GWS on the weekend only had 26 inside 50s for the entire match mm. to Hawthorne's 38, yet they had 18 scoring shots from their 26 entries. So it didn't matter that they only went in 26 times. It meant that every time they went in, or 75% of the times that they went in, they actually scored from it. Bulldogs are just doing it better than anyone else. You don't get less than 40 points kicked on you three weeks in a row by accident. They've orchestrated and organised it really well. This is a man that watches every minute of every game and, as you can tell, he's the best in the business, Terry Wallace. Hawthorne and Collingwood, Friday night footy. Let's go there. Will Day, Josh Morris, John Patton and Harry Morrison in. Good luck to both Will Day and Josh Morris debuting. Mitch Lewis out with a hamstring. Jack Scrimshaw with an ankle. Sean Burgoyne rested. And Harry Jones has been omitted for Collingwood. We've spoken about their debutantes. Will Kelly in for the first time. We get another look at Isaac Quayne. And Artu Bosanvulagi in for percent of Vulagi, I should say, for Jordan Degoe, Josh Dacos, and Tyler Brown. Yeah, look, it's different sides uh, for both. And the one thing that happens when you see names that you're not used to as a supporter, you start getting nervous. Uh, we saw a Richmond side last week who brought in a debut, uh, a debutant, I should say, with uh, Jake Arts. Yep. Uh, they bring in Bolter, they bring in Chole. They look better. They actually look sharper yeah. for bringing in some young players who are enthusiastic and really wanting to prove a point. So it doesn't always play out the way that you know the, the name players necessarily play better than the others. So uh, both sides look reasonably evenly balanced with what they've brought in and what they've had to uh, to take out of this side. It's a couple of big outs, obviously, for, from a Collingwood point of view over the last few weeks. So that's going to be really uh, tough for them. I'm disappointed for Josh Dacos. I thought he was starting to put a real good body of work together. And so that's really disappointing from that point of view. Um, I give Hawthorne a big chance in this game. Yeah, I do too. I just see it's one of those opportunity that presents itself. I think... It's a really, really big Friday night game and really important, the result for both sides. Hawthorne just start to you know, fumble and bumble a little bit if they start losing a few on end. And Collingwood you know, are in that role at the moment where they've just got to get a win. We spoke about going over to the WA hub, which is not going to be easy. Let's go to Saturday afternoon. The first game is Fremantle versus Sydney. The unfamiliar time of 12.35 Eastern Standard Time. For Fremantle, Blake Akers, Brennan Cox, Nat Fife back already, and Travis Collier, who was the late out last week. In for Griffin Logue, who's out injured. Uh, Jesse Hogan is out injured. Reese Conker is out injured. And Taylor Demand has been omitted. Good luck to Blake Akers in his first game for Fremantle. And for St Kilda, Zach Jones in. Dan Hanabry out. Yeah, well, bad luck for uh, for Dan as well. I mean, he just can't get a you know, real run at it uh, mm. since he's been there. So uh, hopefully there'll only be a you know, couple of week injury and we'll sort of see how it goes from there. Zach Jones gives him some real sharpness anyway. Yep. Uh, Fife, look, they wouldn't have played him. They're going home to play in a derby in a week's time in front of a big crowd. You're not going to play him in this game with any risk when you're going home to, to the fanfare of, you know, welcome back, boys. Here we There's all a are. Crowd. Here, yep. here we all are. The fans are back in the house. I think it's a uh, Fremantle game, I think, as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. yeah. So yep. uh, he's surely he's got to be right. It, they, I just wouldn't sort of see that they'd have any risk 
in playing him in this game unless he was 100%. So you've just got to back the medical staff in there. I'm liking what St Kilda's doing. I've sort of said that the whole way along. Yes, as our caller sort of said before, they've got to put up and, sh- and show that they can do it week in, week out. And I think that personally, I think they're good enough to do that. Fremantle haven't lost uh, anyone for their performances. I thought, uh, you know, when the game needed to be won, I thought it was their kids that set up the win. Brayshaw and Chera was superb last Absolutely. week. Yep. I thought they set up the win, and then I thought it was the senior boys that sort of said, come, we'll get you over the line yeah. now at, at the end of the game. Yep. That's obviously Walters with a couple of his beautiful acts, in particular the mark, and I thought Mundy was superb. Uh, the longer the game went in the back half of the game, I thought he got him over the line. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more on that one. West Coast and Adelaide is the 3 o'clock game. You and I will both be calling this game uh, on AFL Nation. Sam Hargraves to join us for West Coast. Braden Ainsworth and Jared Cameron coming in. Jermaine Jones and Luke Shuey both out with hamstring injuries for the Crows. They continue to shuffle the decks. Andrew McPherson, David McKay, Fisher Mackesy and Tyson Stengel. In Tyson Stengel's four-week suspension that was club-imposed is up. Ben Crocker omitted, Lockie Murphy suspended, Miles Paholke has been omitted, uh, and Taylor Walker is out injured. Good luck to Andrew McPherson on debut for the Crows. Yeah, look, uh, they've been a, a real battle, haven't they? The, the Crows, I mean, they, they kicked themselves out of the early part of the game. I mean, they should have had a lead yeah. and been up by three-quarter time, but the reality was the game was there to be won in the last quarter, and they couldn't get the job done. And as I said earlier, I think some of their senior blokes just don't stand up when it, uh, when it counts at the moment. Whether that's reasons from the past, well, I don't know what's going on there, but they've got blokes there that are not playing anywhere near to their abilities. Can you do me one favour of the West Coast Match Committee? Tell them never, ever, ever to drop Oscar Allen again. I agree completely. And she, do you she, put Jake Waterman play. in that category as well? Oh, Jake Waterman's coming along He was nicely. the one that got them going. That was the, the goal. Yeah. yeah. Outside 50, well, it was outside nearly 60, yeah. the goal. Oscar Allen is a serious player and will be a serious player in, in this competition. He's a kid. He'll have a few ups and downs. Just keep playing him the whole way through. Well, I reckon they had a look at the Nat Newey-Hickey combination, and it didn't. It lasted a week or two at the most. One and, week. And you said last week that Allen's straight back in. Yeah. They tried it, and it was pretty obvious that it didn't work, whereas what they did last week definitely worked. Yeah, look, he's going to be a really good player. He... Uh, He's got a little bit of Todd Marshall about him. Yeah, he's actually that. he's actually reasonably good below his knees as well as you know a hit up marking player. So uh, he's a, he's a real talent for them. And uh, look, I think they'll come good. West Coast. They got secure. Uh, sorry, Sydney were a bottom four side in my opinion. Sorry, Sydney fans, but that's just the way I see it. I see it being a development year. They get Adelaide this week. They get Fremantle next week. I think that those, if they can tick off those three matches, which I think they will, and then you're back over in WA, you know, with a, a course of games there, I think that they can get themselves back, right back on track. Well, all of a sudden they go to, if they win the next three, or the next two, sorry, they go to four and three. Yeah. So it's not that bad, is it? Correct. It's not that bad at all after... With home uh, games to come. Yeah, after yeah. seven weeks. Uh, Melbourne and the Gold Coast Suns on Saturday. This is an early start as well. So, again, they're different times this round. So, for all footy fans out there, this is a 6.05 jump on Saturday night, Melbourne time. Hang on a minute. What's going on with this Melbourne side? They've actually... Oh, did the match committee turn up this week? They're there. They've listened to you. It's taken them... It's taken them... I mean, they should be listening every week. Harley Bennell back in. Neville Jetta back in. How he was ever out of that team is beyond me. Oscar McDonald in. Sam Wiedemann in. The omissions are interesting. Trent Rivers, a kid, omitted. Joel Smith, they've given some opportunities to, omitted. Jaden Hunt, 
uh, has seemed to have copped a... I mean, he's struggled to, to win the footy, but has copped a, a bit of a caning for the way he's using it. Yeah. And Adam Tomlinson has been omitted. Bailey Fritch playing his 50th game for the Suns. Braden Fiorini and Isaac Rankin in. Good luck to Isaac Rankin. Matt Rowell out injured. Will Powell omitted. Braden Fiorini in his 50th. And Jared Harbrow in game number 250. Well, can I start on Melbourne? Hallelujah. I mean, you've had to have a look at this side. I can't believe that we're sitting here at the moment, you know, six rounds in before we've actually seen a team play with two key forwards. Yep. Now, their one key forward has only had one season ever you know, performing at high level as a key forward. And then he was a second banana. Correct. So why every other side in the competition, and you go through all the good sides, every single one of them, play with two and they play with one, and they've got a, a connection problem where they, the connectivity between their midfield and their forwards hasn't worked. Why they think that they were different to everyone else on the planet, I've got no idea. The other thing that's happened, and I don't know why, how Harley Bennell was good enough to play one week and the game gets cancelled and then not good enough to play the next week, and now they're sort of saying, oh, he's, you know, he's towed them up in the practice games. They were picking their side and they knew, like the coach said last week, we know what the problems are. We've had the problems for a while. We've just got to work out how to fix them. They were selecting their side on physicality before skill. Yep. Because there is no other reason why you would leave Jetter out, who is a skillful player, why you would leave Bennell out when you are a team that is lacking skill. So they've actually given themselves a chance where they put at least what skillful players they've got in the squad back into the side with an extra key position player to try to straighten themselves up. So that is a better-looking Melbourne side, and that Melbourne side I will tip. I wouldn't tip them over the last three or four weeks, but that Melbourne side I'd tip. We'll come back with the Bombers in North Melbourne and all of the Sunday games as we build up to Thursday night footy. It's the match committee around Australia for Mazda. AFL Nation for McDonald's. Try Maccas. Who's in? Who's out? The match committee. For the Mazda Open Road Sale, now on. Good to have you with us on the Match Committee. Let's jump into Saturday Night Footy with thanks to Mazda and the Mazda Open Road Sale. Discover great value across the entire Mazda range. Now on Terry Wallace and Jack Heverin. Saturday night, it's Essendon with Connor McKenna and Zach Merritt coming back in for Mason Redman, who's been omitted, and Jake Stringer to miss a couple of months of footy with a severe injury. So all the best to Jake. For North Melbourne, Bailey Scott. This will make Kangaroos fans very happy. Paula Hearn. Uh, and Tom Campbell coming in. Marley Williams and Tristan Sherry both omitted. Ben Cunnington won't play after re-injuring himself last week. Yeah, well, uh, look, Essendon will miss Stringer. I mean, he's just such a power player for them. Uh, but obviously a couple of really good ins for uh, for the Bombers. I'm liking the way they're playing. I sort of said before uh, earlier on, if you are in a situation where you can keep a side like Collingwood... Uh, goalless for yep. two and a half quarters. You're you're playing some pretty fair football and I've always been critical of their structures and people sort of say, oh, their pressure's gone up. Well, their pressure's gone up because their ability to press up is better so the ball doesn't get out of, out of a confined area. So therefore, you can actually put more pressure on. You're mm. not chasing butt as they get you know, through your zones. So uh, no, they're, they're going along quite nicely. North... Um, I'm really interested to see Ahern again. I'm, I'm just interested in why he can't be in their best team. He's been in and out, in and out a lot of so at times. Scott, we've had uh, some callers ring in about him, so he gets a another opportunity. So uh, 
The Cunnington thing, I don't know what happened there, but he looked They cooked. just got it wrong. He looked cooked from the minute that he got out there yep. last week. They just got it really, really wrong. Sunday, Port Adelaide versus the Giants. What a really, really good game of footy this is going to be. And Port need to bounce back. Cam Sutcliffe, Peter Laddams, Ryan Burton, Sam Mays into their squads. And good luck to Sam Mays. If selected, will play his first game for Port Adelaide pre- previously with Brisbane. Uh, for the Giants, Callum Ward, Jai Caldwell, Sam Jacobs, Zach Langdon into the squads. Toby Green playing game number 150. Yeah, well, I don't think Sam Jacobs is taking mummy spot the way that no. he's going about at the moment, uh, terrorising people like normal, kicking goals out of the ruck. He's he'll he'll jump all. all into Scott Lysett on the weekend, won't he? Doing it all. Um, and it's pleasing. You know, like I thought when Jacobs got there, I thought that was mummy's uh, time in the sun done. But, uh, no, he's been able to... Yeah, fight back quite well, so that's pleasing. I think Port Adelaide are good enough to uh, to be competitive in this game. My only one outlier on Port is the games that they won, they should have won. Yes, they belted the sides and, and yep. won very, very easily. They were set a challenge by Brisbane and they weren't up to it. They kicked themselves out of it early but got, you know, a caning in the second quarter. Uh, so this is another good side. I want to see them. The high-end sides from last year were Brisbane, are GWS this week. Now, are they good enough to be at that level or are they one level off that? We get another look at that this week. Let's punch through these last two games. We're going to need the time for Richmond as well. For Sydney, Chad Warner, Dylan Stevens, James Bell, Lewis Taylor, Robbie Fox, Riley Stoddart into the teams. Ronk and Malikin out injured. Chad Warner and Dylan Stevens to debut. For Richmond, Callum Coleman-Jones, Derek Egmelezzi-Smith, Ivan Soldo, with no hyphen. Jack Graham, Jack Ross, Marlon Pickett, Riley Collier-Dawkins, Ryan Garthwaite and Shai Bolton. Uh, for uh, the Tigers, Basha Hooley won't be there. Shane Edwards won't be there. They haven't travelled. Dion Prestia, Toby Nankervis and Trent Cochin to miss a chunk of footy. Tom Lynch named at this stage. Plough? Okay, well, I mean, most of those guys we know of from a Richmond point of view, and Richmond fans would know of them absolutely, but, uh, you know, General fans might know much about uh, Iglesi Smith and a few of the others that are, that are coming in, Collier Dawkins, etc. But most of those names uh, have been around the footy club for the last couple of years, have been part of their very successful you know, VFL premiership side last year, have been dying and waiting for opportunity, but senior blokes have stood in their way. Uh, for those that mightn't have heard us earlier, last week I thought Noah Bolter coming in yep. was an absolute bonus for uh, for Richmond. I thought he'd give them uh, a real real boost. I thought Young Arts did his job. I thought Chol. I thought that just gave them some real spark. Now, there's a heck of a lot of them. I know and understand that, but there's still enough ability in that side and still the way that they play, their structures still should be the same. So it's going to be fascinating to see them come up against you know, another inexperienced Sydney side. So... Can they do it with that many out? It's going to be really, really interesting. We've spoken a lot about uh, Carlton and the Bulldogs already, so I'll just give you their ins at this stage. Callum Moore, Cam Polson, Matt Kennedy and Zach Fisher into the squads. Callum Porter, Jordan Sweet, Lockie Hunter, Lewis Butler, Matt Suckling and Ryan Gardner for the Western Bulldogs. Terry, time is on the wing. Let's get to your tips. Okay. Away you go. Okay, on Thursday or tonight, I'm going uh, Brisbane over Geelong. Yep. Tomorrow night is... I'm going for an upset. I'm going the Hawks over Collingwood yep. tomorrow night. Um, Saturday, St Kilda over Fremantle. West Coast comfortably over Adelaide. Melbourne, because of selection, I'm, You're choosing, Melbourne. I'm choosing over go to Gold I Coast. I thought I'd see the day. Essendon over North. Uh, GWS over Port. Yep. Uh, 
pretty Agree even game, 50-50 game, but uh, GWS. I'm tipping the Tigers even with all those outs. I think that they can beat Sydney, and I'm going the Western Bulldogs over Carlton. My upset is the Hawthorne-Collingwood game. I always ask you if you're smelling upset, so it's Hawthorne is your upset for this week. It is indeed, but uh, Collingwood fans, it's a desperate game for you as well. Why can't Sydney beat Richmond? They can. Mm. Oh, That's going to be my upset. Look, they certainly, uh, they still certainly got the capabilities. They've got a more structured side than what obviously the you know, the VFL boys are for Richmond. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. All thanks to McDonald's, Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Play your star. Enjoy your weekend at the Match Committee with thanks to Mazda. Thursday night footy up next.